welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want Welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm your ho- half of your host team, Jason Tiffin, along with Tom Sims. Tom, speak up. Let us know how it's going. Yeah, I'm the other half of the host team. You're very, very formal when you introduce us. I just noticed that. We're we're cackling like two schoolgirls before we get started, and then you're all formal. Welcome in. <laughs> <laughs> and I like. I think I made it to word 10 before I stuttered, so that was a, that's a major improvement. Uh, I've nice. got the I've got the commentary this week. It's a new thing we're doing. I guess we've done that alone. We've just officially named it because we're pro- we're professionals now, by the way. Yes, and uh, because we're sponsored by Sports with JT, ninety five point five every Tuesday from six to seven p.m. But uh, the commentary tonight, Tom, I'm going to give you three letters, and I want you to tell me what the significance is if you can. I'm going to give you about five seconds to guess. The letters are X I. V. X I V. You know what that hmm. is? Victory formation? That is 14 in Roman numerals. Oh. Do you know what 14? You know the significance of 14 tonight after this weekend? I think you do. I think all our listening audience will. Did you know there are 14 pounds in a stone? So <laughs> I weigh about, I guess, four, 15, 16 stone. I hadn't done the math. There, yeah, this is nice. my favorite. There are 14 days in a fortnight. Yes. When they play Wimbledon, it's called a fortnight. When I play mm-hmm. Fortnite, it's called a fortnight. Mm. In Britain, when one turns 14, one can enter a pub, but they can't drink. They can possess a shotgun, Sad. and they can be employed on a weekday as a street trader. And I got question marks. I don't really know what that is. By your parents. Did you know <laughs> it takes... 345 days to walk around the world, so you would be well into your 15th lap if you had started walking with the streak that Bama currently has going on Tennessee. You'd actually be 14.82 laps around the uh, around the world. If you a scale, nice calves too. It's a nice what? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Calves. If a snail started crawling from Red Bay, Alabama, to Los Angeles, California, when the streak began, he'd have made it. All the way there and be on his way back. It would take around 15 years, so he'd be around Potts Camp, Mississippi. That is close, not too far from Tunica. Uh, you can become a specialized surgeon in it in 14 years, maybe even less than 14 years. So in 2000, after 2006, if you had started your undergrad, you could be a surgeon, and you still would not have seen a Tennessee victory over Alabama. And last but not least, if you traveled to Neptune, and back, you would be on your way back. It takes around 12 years to get to Neptune. So when you left Earth, you would get back, or you'd be on your way back, and they would be like, yep, nope. They'd make contact with you and say, nope, Alabama still got the streak over them. So anyway, how about that, man? 14 years, did you ever think back in the former days, back in Peyton Manning, T. Martin, Casey Clawson, uh, Eric Ainge, did you ever think we'd see a time where we'd have 14 straight over those guys? 14 straight's a big number. <clears throat> And for the record, 
Are you still walking to Neptune for those 14 no, years? I, or so? No, you're, you're flying, you're flying and, and you're not at light speed. You're just you're in a conventional 747 that has been retrofitted to travel through space. Oh, okay then. Nice. No, but you're right. I mean, it's been a, a long, 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 long streak, and I've loved every minute of it. But I did, I did not. I didn't. It's hard to ever predict that you're going to have that kind of winning streak over any team, much less a team that when this started in the mid-90s, or not in the mid-90s, but uh, <laughs> mid-2000s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they were not – they had not too far in the previous past been irrelevant. You know, they were still winning then. They were still oh, yeah. a yeah. team to be reckoned with. Uh, I know the, a lot of the Mannings and things like that that you listed. Those, those, that's what made me think of the mid '90s. But, but, but even beyond there, uh, they were they were certainly a year in year out what could be considered a, one of the powerhouses of college football. Oh, for sure. You know, we've come think, a long way, baby. I think the downfall has been uh, twofold. You know, you had you had Georgia that were Rick, which Rick got there before 2007 when our streak started. But I think, you know, he heard him some recruiting, but what really hurt him was Spurrier going to South Carolina. He got the rec- he got the kids from North Carolina, South Carolina, that Tennessee would have normally got, like an Albert Hainsworth. And, and I've heard this several times by different media pundits, whatnot. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt about the uh, uh, the publicity, I guess, of, of college football in general, where everybody's on TV practically from every conference, every team, you can find them somewhere. And that wasn't the case even as recently as 2000. You know, direct TV, the YouTube TV, the SEC Sports Network, ACC Network, all these networks that are showing all these games have created an atmosphere where everybody gets exposure almost. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, if you didn't get that kind of exposure, then it was hard for you to recruit. And Tennessee was one of those beneficiaries of the smaller teams not being able to recruit or at least not regionally recruit. You know, once you started getting exposure everywhere, some of your good local boys started going out of state for teams that they could see regularly. Yeah, And previous sure. to that, you know, that you're only getting the Tennessee game. You're mm-hmm. only getting the, the bigger games. And, and you know, I, there's some merit to that, I think. There, there definitely is. Uh, so the recruiting base for Tennessee is not what it used to be in and a lot of people speculate that that it won't return. So they they may not have uh, they may not have a bright bright future as they once had. Uh, and I'll close out with this: you know, a streak of three, you get your early entries. A streak of four, you get your four you get your four year players. You know, your true seniors. A streak of five, you get your red shirt seniors. A streak of six, you get your medicals. A streak of seven to eight, you get your masters and doctoral students. We're up to 14, dude. We're getting generations. Like, we're getting – I guarantee you there's been kids that, you know, the siblings that have been, you know, the, the let's say 18 years old, 14 years old, and 10 years old. They've all gone to Tennessee. 
we're getting to where that 10-year-old is at Tennessee and still has never seen a win as a college student. This just it's a uh, it's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> I posted that on uh, I tweeted that out on a it was a political thing and uh, I said you know this state will still vote blue how why I said it's mind-boggling and uh, you know a a guy had to he said uh, actually it's mind-boggling he said I'm an English teacher and I'm all the time correcting my friends I was like bro obviously you're not a Will Ferrell fan so hopefully he got the <laughs> he got the message but enough chit chat over the commentary congrats to Bama fans players anybody affiliated affiliated with the program and it's so sweet that Philip Fulmer is the AD there and I just hate that Jeremy Pruitt is on the front end uh, as the head coach but man 14 I mean and where does it end? I know we can't we this will be a whole nother commentary like where does it end does it end next year when you have either Mac Jones or Bryce Young in Bryant Denny against who knows who the quarterback would be, does it end in you know two years from now where Bryce Young will be a junior? I mean, there's just there's really no end in sight. So hey, here's to beers up to let's let's hang twenty one on them. Hey, I like that. <clears throat> All right, let's break into winners losers. Tom's gonna lead on the winners. I've written down Michigan, I've written down Alabama, and I've written down Ohio State. He can cover what he likes, and I'll bring in the back. I will bring in the rear. Well, it's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times, I see on your uh, spreadsheet that you send me each week that uh, you'll strategically place teams in an order where. If I talk about them, you can roll right into the next topic, which is the best topic. You try to you try to back me in a corner, dude, so you can get all the topics to yourself. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. First off, I'm going to go right into the game of the week. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. We're <laughs> we're <laughs> Michigan. Uh, is is on our winning list this week, and uh, they were impressive. The whole Big Ten got to actually play football this past weekend. How about that? After a, uh, what, six, seven-week hiatus after everybody else has been playing? Yeah. I mean, the SEC's been, we've had, what, five weeks? Yeah, most of us have had five weeks in by now. Yep, and and there were a couple of uh, ACC started before us, mm-hmm. and some of the uh, lesser ones started. So so they they finally got to join the party, and as per usual, out of the gate, Michigan uh, is hyped that they're back. They're not back. I, I'll be the first to tell you they're not back. The reason they're not back is they have Harbaugh as coach, uh, and he's going to find a way to screw it up. But for a snapshot of one game, hey, yeah, they they got out there and did everything they needed to do against what was a ranked Minnesota team, if you can believe the rankings at this time. And I think we went over that last week. Mm -hmm. The rankings are irrelevant for the AP pool now. Uh, But but nonetheless, Michigan did get a big victory. It's a step in the right direction. But I'm not holding my breath on them. Yeah, I mean, I just I wrote down two sentences. They uh, road win over a ranked team, and that's good. I mean, Minnesota, if you believe the rankings, was you know supposed to be pretty good in the Big Ten, which is is to me the Big Ten is going to shake out like the ACC. You got you got Clemson, and everybody else. You've got Ohio State and everybody else. And uh, the most impressive stat: twenty two forward passes. Tom, that's where a quarterback forward. That's where the center snaps the ball to the quarterback, and instead of handing off. 
and getting three yards and a, and a bunch of grunting and a cloud of dust, you actually throw the ball across the line of scrimmage to another player, hopefully on your team, that is awaiting and, and he can run the ball after he catches or he can just fall down if he's got enough for a first down and it's a possession-type guy or whatever he would like to do. Wow. 22 forward passes for 478 yards. I, I don't think that's Shim Beckler approved, but I, I, that's, you know, that's a step in the right direction because ultimately the Big Ten is going to shake out like the SEC – is who can beat Bama, who can beat Ohio State. And if you throw forward passes for 478 yards, you got a chance. You do, indeed. It's a novel concept. The other winners on this list was OSU, speaking of them. And as much as I sat there and tried to root for Nebraska for a quarter, quarter and a half, that game – quickly got out of hand uh, by halftime, third quarter, that one was gone. They clicked on all cylinders. So Ohio State, game one, check mark, playing again, dominant again. You're exactly right. They're the team to beat in the Big Ten. Yeah, <clears throat> Fields is a real deal. And he started off with like, uh, I think, 18 of 18, 17 or 17, 18 and 18, just very impressive numbers. I, I had it on the second TV. I, I don't think he was sitting back and throwing – 25 to 35 yard darts but uh but none nevertheless i mean i don't think i can complete 18 of 18 with a receiver running i, I don't know that i could hit 18 of 18 with someone one standing still and uh but it, you know cakewalk and you know we know who their opponent is next week that'll be covered in the losers section uh and can michigan beat them uh speaking of streaks they have eight in a row over michigan and the one that Michigan won uh, before that, they had like a streak of four to five to six. So, man, they have, Michigan fans have really had it rough lately. And, um, yeah, the last one was Alabama. I guess we saved the best for last. We did indeed. Now, one of the things you mentioned in the uh, Michigan game and the same thing that, that you have written down in the Alabama game is this: that's a road victory. And, and – more and more as I watch these games, I'm having a hard time giving any credence to the home crowd. There just doesn't seem to be the energy, which is obvious. I mean, this is stating the obvious. This is not some revelation that, that people haven't discovered on their own by now. But road wins are just not road wins. And I, I don't think Vegas is giving as much points as they usually do to a, a road team. Or the home team, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, and I just I didn't feel the energy in the Tennessee game at all. That now a lot of that was because Bama <laughs> dominated them pretty much from start to finish. When you go down fourteen nothing, it's uh, it's tough to get them there. But uh, the the disappointing thing, obviously, for Alabama, Waddle going down on the opening kickoff for the seasoning in the injury. Uh, I think Saban would like to have his post-game speech back. I don't think he really intended to take a shot at Waddle for bringing one out of the end zone and getting hurt, but they, his emotions were running high. You could tell he was disappointed in, in the whole thing. But yeah. uh, one, one thing that, that really hurts, and, and it's uh, it's sort of a, 
an anomaly, and I'd like to see who else is is dealing with this. As you know, over the past couple of years, we've dealt with a lot of injuries at Alabama. And that if, in the past two years, in particular, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, but we've dealt with a lot of season-ending injuries. But I got to thinking, this is the third year in a row that we've had a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate go down with injury, twice season-ending, once hobbled them you know most of the year so that's a that's that's a pretty unfortunate yeah. stat to, to have to deal with yeah it's um and i think you cheated off my sheet because that's exactly what i had written down is uh the last three times we played tennessee you know two years ago uh Tua got not it was obviously his last series he got knocked out and uh, he he hobbled off the field and then Jalen came in, you know, to, to close out the game. And if you remember, Jalen got hurt in that game and had the tightrope surgery. And then two weeks later, you know, could he play against LSU if he needed to? And it turns out that, uh, you know, he could not. He could barely walk. And then last year, of course, Tua was hobbled. And now this year, Waddle is uh, is out for the year. So they're really – man, I, I hate playing – They Tennessee hates playing us because they get their ass beat. I hate playing them because we lose key players every year to injury. But uh, I, I tell you, the most, the most uh, heartening, I guess, impressive thing to me was um, we lost Waddle. We lost Waddle on, um, on the, you know, the first play of the game. And, um, and you remember last year we lost Tua in the mid, midway part of Mississippi State game. And, you know, Matt came in, finished out the half, and then finished out the game. And it was just – we were zombies. We were walking around. I mean, we just – how quickly could we get the clock to zero and get back to Tuscaloosa? And uh, and this this time, I mean, we scored – we scored all our points without Waddle touching the ball one, one time on offense because he was hurt. So, the team stayed focused. I think you could tell Najee was really upset because they showed him a few times on the sideline. He had a great day, I think three touchdowns. And he just looked like, you know – he looked like he had a, a major test that he'd forgot to study for, the, you know, the, within a couple of hours. And uh, but I was impressed by our team's ability to put that behind them for the, you know three three and a half hours, and then play hard and then worry about Waddle uh, after the game. So uh, you know, but anytime you can get a road victory over a team in the ACC, it's a it's a positive. All right, that leads us into losers, and I'm going to lead this topic off, which I'm very happy about because I have strong feelings definitely about one of these. Got two losers this week, the SEC refs. That's a surprise, I know, to all of you out there, and then Penn State. And on the refs, we have negatives of replay, negatives (laughs) of targeting, and there's one team involved, Auburn. So I know you're shocked on that. But what? on the replay with Auburn, uh, where the ball touched Shiver's finger, they uh, they didn't replay it. They, they didn't look at the replay, and then the initial report was they said they didn't have enough time. And they've since gone back and given Lane Kiffin something else, but he just got fined. I noticed I saw on Twitter he got fined $25,000 for get, getting on Twitter and bashing the refs. And uh, – they so I went back and watched because Bama also had a replay that I thought was I'm like if they could replay Bama's then they could definitely replay Auburn's. So I went back and I ran it live on uh, on YouTube today, and from the time the ball touched Shiver's hand mm-hmm. until Bo Nix put the ball into play because remember that was on a kickoff, uh, there was 52 seconds that elapsed real real time like on your watch 
52 seconds that they had to look, and they could have blown it dead. And, and I mean, it was obvious that it touched the guy's, I think it was his pinky. It was obvious it touched one of his fingers that bent it backwards. So they said they didn't have enough time. So then I remembered Najee's uh, replay where I think it was the first touchdown that we scored. Uh, Najee dives for the goal line, and then the ball comes loose. Tennessee jumps on it, says they have it, you know. We're pretty sure he was down, you know, and so the question was, was he down? Did he fumble? If he did fumble, did he recover it? Was, did he recover the end zone? Well, Bama was more than happy to take the ball because the call on the field was down by contact at the half-yard line. We were more than happy to take the ball at the half-yard line and uh, on second and goal. So, um, so we hurry up to run a play. Well, the refs, I guess they smelled a rat, and they like, oh, 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 let's stop, let's stop play, let's stop play. I'd replay that, 20 seconds. That's all it took for them to stop the play and to see if, if, if Najee had fumbled or if he's down by contact. Yet they couldn't make a decision in 52 seconds in Auburn. And Auburn's got three wins this year, and all three have been controversial calls or outright blown calls. And uh, Shivers was a blown call. See, I didn't even know. Uh, I was reading an article on it today. The ball went into the end zone, and I think Ole Miss recovered it. Well, that should have been a touchdown. And that would have put them up. Um, that would have yep. put them up. At that time, Ole Miss was up seven. That would have put them up fourteen, Eight. kicking off again. You know, four, and, uh, yeah, that's right, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and now, granted, Auburn did not score on that drive. They punted. So, and if you remember, Auburn got a holding call. So, it, to me, it was kind of like the refs were making up for. Oh, well, we screwed that up. Well, yeah, you screwed it up. But, I mean, 10 yards is, does not equal uh, – is not, is not equivalent to seven points that Ole Miss would have had. But So, that was just terrible. And who on this podcast has been saying for two years, get rid of replay, let's let the chips fall where they may? Because they're not making the right calls anyway. Targeting. Oh, my gosh. Devontae Smith got targeted the first – drive of the game i looked at it today there was 14 over 14 minutes left i guess it was play number two had to be two or three and the tennessee mm-hmm. guy led with the crown of the helmet he hit helmet to helmet and he hit a defenseless player all three of those fall under the targeting rule all you have to do is one of the three he did all three so i'm watching the i'm watching the game with neutron and uh like we're just we're like okay well who is this guy that's about to get thrown out you know i'm, I'm sure he's good he's a starter and they come and say, um, you know, call reverse, no target on the play. Oh, my goodness. That, that's, just, that's the worst call I've ever seen to take back from targeting. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I felt the same thing. And every announcer in the booth had the same comment. Nobody even questioned whether or not it was going to be a uh, – uh, you know, up for debate in the booth. It was, hey, this guy did it. This is the clearest case we've ever seen. This is textbook targeting. We'll show this in classroom for yeah. years. And they cut him loose. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I did I did a little research myself. Hey, have you ever heard of the uh, a cat named Don Waits? I have not. Yeah, Don Waits, he, uh, he was the SEC replay booth official for uh, all of Auburn's games this year. And what's, uh, what's funny about this, because you and I both did some detective work. That was some nice detective work, by the way, on the, that timing. Very, very nice there. But uh, Don Waits, he being the SEC replay booth official for the Auburn games, coincidentally, was also the NCAA compliance officer during the Cam Newton investigation. 
Is this another? How about is that? Is this another MIT uh, research guy? Am I getting fished again? <laughs> I, I <laughs> they might have went to the same I, class. I, I, I smell a rat. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is truly amazing how how often they have gotten calls this year that are critical to the outcome of the game. Now, I'm going to give Auburn all the credit in the world for going down and getting the touchdown when they needed to there when it was crunch time because, as we've seen so far this year, Auburn hasn't stepped up to the plate when they needed to very many times, and that was one time they did, so kudos to them for that. But if not for the official, should they have even gotten that shot? Exactly. And, you know, the thing is – Auburn, like you just said, they earned the victory. You know, Auburn scores and and uh, and misses the extra point, and uh, so they need they need another score. And bottom line is, uh, they held on that drive. So Ole Miss is up. Are they up? They're on. They're up one at that point, Tom. I'm sorry, they're up one. They're up twenty eight twenty seven. And uh, that's what yeah, I was they're thinking. up twenty eight twenty seven. They hold Auburn three and out, and Auburn punts to them. And oh, and Lane Kiffin, as good as he is, he tried to run out the clock. He did not try to win the game. He tried to keep from losing, and it and it bit him in the butt. So, uh, but but still, it, it it should have been an eight point lead, and that means uh, you know Auburn would have had to drive down and score a touchdown, get the two point conversion just to get it in overtime. So, uh, the SEC refs big losers this week. Yep. The other uh, the other other loser, Penn State. I mean, they're done for twenty twenty. You know who they play next? Oh, the Ohio State University. They're going to start out zero two. And which leads me to this, how good is Coach Franklin really? Uh, you know, he was at Vanderbilt, really turned them around. And But some people are just built for that Vanderbilt level of program. And I'd say Penn State definitely considers themselves top 25 overall. I mean, some of their fans probably think top 10. I think that's a stretch. But they're top 20, um, top 25 for sure. And, I mean, who has he beaten that's better than him? Has he won one game at, at, at Penn State against a team that's better than them? And who has he lost to that he's better than? And, like, this week is uh, Exhibit A. He, Indiana's nowhere near as good as Penn State, and he lost. But also, in the Indiana game, it came down to a two-point conversion. It came down to replay. I personally thought the ball touched grass before um, – before it hit the pylon, which I guess would make him down. I don't know. Sometimes I think I know the rules of football that I've watched for 40-some-odd years, and then I'm like, wow, I did not know that rule. So, I, you know, here's the question. If the ball is skidding along the turf in your hand and the ball is the only thing touching the ground and your knees and elbows are off the ground like you're Superman, uh, is the ball down or can the ball skid for a full yard and, and then it still counts? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question, but – you know, replay bit uh, bit Penn State. Of course, the, on the field, the call was made that it was a two-point conversion, so they just had to uphold the call. I feel like if it, they would have ruled it, um, you know, no good, that they would have upheld that call as well. But Penn State, big losers because they're out of the CFP yet again. Yes, they are. And that was, uh, if you rewind it back a week, that was my dark horse playoff contender getting in out of the Big Ten instead of Ohio State. They had 19 starters back this year. 19! Almost as long as How do you lose to Indiana? Bama, Tennessee. I don't know. I don't know how you lose that game. I mean, you had eight and a half months to prepare. Yeah. Indiana, or not Indiana, but Penn State. I think Penn State is the Georgia of the Big Ten. 
when you talk about Big Ten teams, you talk about Ohio State, you talk about Michigan, and Penn State ends up being that third or fourth team that comes rolling off the tongue. But do they ever win it? When's the last time Penn State won the Big Ten? I have no idea. 88? I do not either. I did. I did this is off the cuff, so I didn't go research <laughs> I didn't this. Uh, I did. I, you know, I, Kajana Carter. A, <laughs> hey, that's probably know. it. It was. Uh, it had. It's ninety four. That's when they split the title with uh, uh, ne- uh, Nebraska or whatever. Ninety four. Does that sound right? That don't sound right. I don't know. But yeah, around early, uh, early to mid nineties. Way back, almost thirty years. Uh, or maybe they're a little better off than Georgia because it's been about 40 for Georgia. So, uh, I, anyway, I, I draw those parallels just because I was just popped into my head when you were talking about them. But, yeah, very disappointing opening day for Penn State. Very disappointing opening day, you have to think, for the Big Ten. Ohio State is Ohio State. Uh, Minnesota gets torched by Michigan. Indiana upsets Penn State. The only thing that makes this better is if Indiana makes a run for the uh, football playoff. They probably will. I mean, it's it'll probably come down to Indiana versus Ohio State to get in. That's pretty obvious. After <laughs> you week said it one, with a straight so. face. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, hey, welcome to football, yeah. Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten needed they needed Penn, they needed their blue bloods to win. Just like you know the SEC, like what killed um, the SEC. Uh, it's Florida losing to A and M. A and M already had a loss. They needed Florida undefeated going to you know to the Georgia game, and now it's not going to happen. And now the loser of Georgia Florida is out of the playoffs, and the winner of Georgia Florida absolutely has to win the conference to get in the playoffs. So you know Bama's still in the catbird seat. But let's get to the game of the week. I'm going to let you start it. Uh, our game of the week is of course LSU at Auburn. I'm going to open with one thing that I'm going to turn you loose. The line opened at Auburn minus two. And the line has been bet to LSU two and a half, which I think signifies that a lot of early money has come in on Auburn. Is that not right? To move the line that way? Uh, Hypothetically? No, hypothetically, unless they're just trying to trick us, all the money's coming in on LSU, right? That's right. I knew I'd screw that up. But anyway, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I will give a quick... Quick shout out to Deb in this game. She came up to me uh, today and she's like, Gus needs to lose the Iron Bowl this year because we need to get rid of him. I concur. <laughs> I was like, okay. Did you concur? Did you concur? <laughs> I, I should have concurred. Why didn't I concur? Uh, this game is like a happy place game for me. Alabama's a 33-point favorite this weekend over Mississippi State. Sort of a kickback game. No offense to your family there, Tiffin. Uh, None taken. And then you get LSU and Auburn playing in what will be a dogfight, what will also be a potential elimination game from one of them being ever talked about again on this podcast. True. But one thing that I see about this game these two teams have been steamrolling head-to-head towards this game, almost like a, a billiard table where, where two balls are coming towards each other, and as soon as they hit, they're going to go on diverging paths. And one of them's going to be on a, a, at least a decent path, and the other one is going to tank. 
That's just that's yeah. a critical game in the season of the. I looked it up. LSU, they're two and two on the year because they had the uh, uh, COVID cancellation or, or move with Florida. Yeah. But after this game with Auburn, LSU's schedule is home to Alabama, at Arkansas, which we know is not a gimme, at A&M, home to Ole Miss, and at Florida. They will legitimately be underdogs in an absolute minimum of three out of their last five, and they're going to be in a dogfight in that Arkansas game. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and Ole Miss can – Ole Miss is their Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU lost the first couple of games to Missouri and Mississippi State because people were throwing it all over the field. Well, guess what Ole Miss does? Yeah. Uh, so them going into the back five at two and three or three and three could mean the or three and two could mean the difference for them even making a bowl game one year removed from the national championship. Yeah, yeah, true. And the same is pretty clear with Auburn. Auburn 3-2 and two now, but their four games remaining at Mississippi State, okay, home to Tennessee, Alabama, and then A&M. Yeah. So, you know, they're a dog in at least two of their last four and Tennessee's a sort of a toss-up game, in my opinion, at home. Uh, so, if Auburn loses this game, they're three and three, and they'll have to win at least two out of the last four to make a bowl. Uh, assuming they're not changing the bowl rules, they and have that, actually changed the rules. Bowls and about who they want to this year. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, they have. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> well, well. Welcome to the playoff, Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't think it's going to get that bad, but uh, but it's it's fine. I almost tweeted mm. out, you know, congrats to Alabama being bowl eligible at, at five wins <laughs> because, you know, it's what it should be. But I think they have. I mean, and that, that will be very interesting to see when Cincinnati gets jumped, for, you know, 9-1 and one Cincinnati gets jumped in, in favor of 6-4 and four LSU because of fan support and TV money generated. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. But, you know, LSU has been Jekyll and Hyde this year. I mean, they were ripe for the taking this weekend, starting a true freshman quarterback with South Carolina coming in off a big win. But South Carolina cannot – apparently cannot handle success. And uh, but I heard I so I didn't watch much of it. I didn't I didn't watch a whole lot of football this weekend. I watched the Auburn Ole Miss, watched Bama, um, Tennessee, and then my had my daughter's seventeenth birthday, so I didn't even watch any of LSU. But I heard the quarterback looked pretty good, which makes you wonder who's headed for the transfer portal: Miles Brennan or the guy that started. But he's a six six freshman, you know, big arm. I'm sure about two hundred fifty pounds. So not his arm, his body. It is a big arm. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the thing. I think LSU matches up well with Auburn. Uh, Auburn has played one team that is as talented or more talented than them in Georgia, and Georgia absolutely demoralized them. Uh, South Carolina's not as talented as Auburn. Kentucky, nor um, – I'm drawing a blank. Ole Miss. They just played Ole Miss. Thank you very much nor Arkansas are as talented as Auburn. And they've won those games, and none of the wins have been – I mean, their best win on the year, point differential is 29-13. to 13. So, LSU, is as many uh, defections and uh, declarations for the NFL draft as they had in graduations, they're still more talented than Auburn. 
I think LSU runs them this weekend. I really do. I think Stingley nullifies uh, Seth Williams, and uh, D should be able to contain Nicks. I think Nicks throws a couple of picks. I've got LSU winning, winning pretty big. So, yeah, I forgot to even give a uh, a prediction on that one. It really it threw me for a loop once you started throwing all those Vegas numbers out out there. I, I passed out for a, a second, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll also lean LSU on this game for uh, very much the same reasons. I I think Auburn's a Jekyll and Hyde team, but they don't have – it's going to be hard for them to continue to win games with a – with the help of the refs, <laughs> they literally they literally have gotten assistance in all three of their games. Yeah, yeah that twenty nine sure. to thirteen game you're talking about was the one that Kentucky outplayed them, outgained them, out yeah, everything, everything. Them, and got robbed of that uh, touchdown at halftime right before half. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I lean I lean LSU myself. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's recap the bets. I can't wait for this one. One of us went two and zero, and one of us went zero and two. Can you guess? I thought by we the both. Tone of my voice. What? I, I thought we both went two and zero. Uh, yeah, I re-listened to the podcast as much as I hate <laughs> doing that. I had Louisiana Lafayette, and here, here's what's funny: Louisiana Lafayette, at time of a production of this podcast, was a dog last week, two and a half. They flipped to a two and a half or three point favorite. Luckily, they won before. So, regardless of what you got the line at, Louisiana Lafayette cashed. Ohio State cashed, and uh, I also had uh, – I don't know if I ever even mentioned I had it written down, um, Liberty over Southern Miss, and I think they cash as well. But my official picks were Louisiana Lafayette, Ohio State, cash, cash. Tom's picks were South Carolina, loser. Ole Miss, loser. So he went 0-2. Wah, wah, so, yeah. Wah. I also got screwed by the refs. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that uh, you know, we went two and two as a listen. We're we're in this together as a team. We went two and two. I didn't go two and zero. Oh. Tom didn't go zero oh and two. We went two and two together as a as a conglomerate. So uh, if you if you if you bet our bets, you you'd pay the juice. Uh, bets for this week, Tom. Game one because I I remember from two weeks ago the tongue lashing I got. So you're going first. Game one. <laughs> well, I'm going back to the old staple game. I'm taking the Razorbacks again. Get catching the eleven against A and M. Arkansas is not a bad team. I don't know how many times I have to say this. The refs keep screwing them out of games, but right now they're still playing good ball. And even at their record, their record is what? Uh, are they one and four or two and three? They're. Two, uh, they're two, two and three. Wins. Yeah, and should yeah, be three they're two and, two. and three. Yeah, yeah. They 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 should be four and one actually, uh, but at two and three, they are happy. Arkansas fans are excited to be two and three, and I and I'm excited for them. I like it. Arkansas, give me the points. I think they'll give a And M a game. Yep, line has dropped from fifteen and a half to eleven. So that's big movement, same as we saw as we have seen in the uh, Auburn and uh, LSU game. My game one, I've, and I would normally shy away from this because there's no way this line shouldn't be higher. But as we've seen with Mississippi State, Texas A&M a couple weeks ago, Vegas just can't figure some games out. And I think they've missed this one totally. North Carolina at Virginia, I feel like that line should be 12 to 15 at six. So I'm taking North Carolina. I'm laying the six. North Carolina's pick one for me. Nice. I wanted to go out of conference here and take Penn State because that's a funny line after losing to Indiana. They're only a 10 or 12-point dog to Ohio, to the Ohio State University. However, 
I have committed myself earlier this year to playing only SEC games because we're only playing against the SEC. So I will be going Ole Miss for a rebound game, minus the 18 versus Vandy. Everybody except for Vandy's opener of uh, – who who did they – A&M. A&M struggled with them in the opener. After that game, people have pretty much manhandled uh, Vanderbilt, and Ole Miss will be no exception this weekend. All right, I was afraid you were going to take my second game, but you did not. Uh, I've got Florida 15 over Missouri. Uh, Missouri has to travel to Florida. Missouri's been playing better ball, but um, I, I really feel like that Florida – Florida's had – Two weeks off? <laughs> I mean, the, I don't think they could get back in their football building to today, and I'm not kidding. Like, they were locked out due to COVID. But they're going to be itching to get back on the field, and they're a good ball club. Their last outing, A&M, they, they just they couldn't get it done. I, I'm not sold on Missouri, especially on the road. So I've got uh, Florida at 15. If you want an extra pick, Tom and I both, I think we I, – I know I said LSU would cover the two and a half. Are you in agreement with that? Yes, sir. So, if you want to do the five-game parlay, take a LSU. That's the one I had written down just in case he took my Florida-Missouri pick. So, that wraps up this uh, this podcast. It was a, a little rocky along the way. You don't want to know how the sausage is made. Just enjoy the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, anyway, I'll... let me get my signature line and, uh, and we'll get out of here. If you're traveling from Baton Rouge to Auburn this weekend, go east till you smell it. And north till you step in it. Go Tigers. Take it easy, guys.